Hey, this is DM Mitch from Dungeon Master's Block. And this is DM Chris. And if you are loving our podcast and you want to help us to grow and to support our podcast and see us get even better as a podcast, Chris, what can they do? Head over to our Patreon account. We've just started one up. Go to patreon.com and search Dungeon Master's Block and you'll find all of the great rewards that are in store for you at patreon.com. edition of the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all the players at the table. I'm one of your hosts, Dungeon Master Chris. And I'm Dungeon Master Mitch. And we have we have heard your cries about this specific issue today that we're going to be talking about. We've had a couple of emails and a couple of like Twitter responses and stuff like that. We've crybabies. Yeah, you, you. crybabies. Uh, we, we have heard your cries, and we, today we are going to be talking about how to start campaigns other than the, the simple way of saying, all right, you all show up in a tavern, start talking. You know, that's that's you do it one time. And that's enough, I think, for that one. I mean, you can do it however many times you want, but we've we've come up with some good ideas, and we'll talk about why we think it's a good idea to to do things other than the typical. You guys sit down, you start talking about whatever it is you're going to talk about, and you hear something about an adventure. So we're going to give you a couple of those ideas later on in the episode. But first, as we do in every single episode, we have some shout-outs. So Mitch, why don't you start us off? Of course, our first shout-out is entitled... A Blessing from Pelor, and of course it is a five star. It is from Kyle Caps, and Kyle Caps writes, A wonderful resource for inspiration and advice. As a new DM, this podcast has been instrumental in how I approach prep and writing for my campaign. Funny, smart, and so incredibly well put together. The different podcast segments show us so many aspects of DMing and good gaming. These guys are awesome. Keep up all the amazing work. And thanks for a great show. Check them out on Twitter and Facebook and get some bardic inspiration. P.S. Divine Spotlight and the inspiration episodes are killing it. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought yeah. that was pretty sweet. Yeah. I agree. I love those two. Yeah, we have those another one. Episodes. Yeah, yeah they, those, are, those have been some of the most favorite ones yeah. that everybody has, has absolutely loved. This next review is brought to us by RM Vartian. He has titled it a D&D podcast that manages to both be both informative and irrelevant. Five stars. And irrelevant is in a good way in this in Well, this it's five stars, yeah, so yeah, it should yeah. be, right? Yeah, I would, I would hope it's so. Like, it's like a D&D podcast that manages to be both informative and uninformative. Yeah, right. Five stars. Right. <laughs> so he writes, a Dungeon Master-focused podcast is a wonderful idea, and it is executed brilliantly by the Dungeon Master block, Master's Block crew. They managed to pack that's in some. Us. Yeah, that's us. They managed to pack in some well thought out information alongside some truly absurd and wonderful gameplay stories. As someone who has played D anD D for twenty five years and been writing my own campaign for the last year and a half, Titanic to little, I think he means like thinking big scale yeah. to little scale. There, uh, I have found their podcast immensely helpful. Keep up the good work, R M Vartian, and he's got a website you can go look at some of his stuff at godsfall.com. Thanks, R M. Yeah. So I think without further ado. We're just going to hop right into story time, story correct? Time. Story time. The time during the episode where we talk about what happened last week during our campaigns, our favorite moments, what we learned about ourselves, and what we learned about each other. Please join us now as we enjoy story time. 
so here we go into story time. This past week, I DM'd for a little while, a couple hours, and we had some really fun and interesting oh, things happen. Uh, partly your fault that all of this fun <laughs> My happened. fault that the fun happened. Yeah, your yeah. fault yeah. that the fun <laughs> happened, because uh, that was not definitely not planned. There was no way I planned for this to happen. Uh, but just a little bit of a recap, you guys stayed at a place called the Humphrey Manor last uh, before this past event, or this past night happened. Um, you realized that there was some weird, kind of dark, magical things going on there. You realized that these guys were trying to sacrifice their guests, who were the poor and the downtrodden from the city, to become these really powerful, godlike creatures um, who were backed by the god Nyax. And so uh, you guys ended up defeating them. You went back to the city of Milner and were like, hey, what's going to happen to this house? Or whatever. Like, well, we don't. It'd probably just go back to the city or the bank or whoever owns it. And you're like, well, hey, can can we take this over? We were thinking of making it into a temple to cord and Bumble Bottom's bed and brewery. Is bed that? Bed and brewery, yeah. Bed and brewery, right. Because your brother was here playing last time. He's obviously from New York. He's not going to be playing us with it, playing with us anymore. We named the tavern after his character, and his character is now going to... Bumblebottom. Yep, he is Tino. Tino, I think, was his Tino name. Tino Bumblebottom. Tino Bumblebottom. So he is now, like, the the manager of yep. this, this place. <laughs> and so you guys get back into this night, and there's a lot of construction going on, and there's some projects going on around the Humphrey Manor, which is now Bumblebottom's bed and brewery. And Mitch, why don't you take it from here and explain a little bit uh, of, of what, what happened that night? So we were off once again on our adventure uh, to go and find help dale the dragon and find evil dragons and take them out basically yeah they've, they've been they've been slowly taking over poisoning yeah. the minds of the kings of different yeah, countries and, and you, you guys are having to go in and and take out these dragons using their ability to transform into humanoid creatures and uh, infiltrating and steering the direction of uh, the kingdoms in the way that they want so that yep. they can win this war yep and so we headed off and we stopped in a little town and called Bellage uh, that you you expected us to stay in for. I was expecting it to be minutes. like, hey, you might be able to do something, <laughs> get some food, yeah, get some food, whatever, you know, yeah. you might get some food. There might be some little fun city encounters that you could run into or whatnot. But so you decided to stay a little. Well, bit Well, my longer. character doesn't really care that. Like, he's not like really that into like hoarding money and stuff. He's he'll he'll spend money. He's yeah. whatever about it. He's a he's Karab the half. Barbarian half wizard, yeah, uh, which has been awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I know that it's, it's been a lot of fun. It is one of the you go online and people tell you, Oh, don't play a half barbarian, half wizard. It's a terrible class, dude. Do it right, it's super fun. Yeah. I, lo I am loving it. Yeah. I, just, I just pump myself up and go crazy. Yeah, Mark's character ran into a little blacksmith there who yep. he was like, It's decent, but I'm gonna teach it's him a little bit more. Yeah. Mark's character is very into blacksmithing, that was his background. And so he decided to stay a little bit longer. You decided to... What What did you decide to do in this small uh, town? I bought dinner and drinks for the rest of my buddies. Yep, and, there was a little bit of a special uh, going we, on in this tavern. He, my Karab is... There's no Ireland, clearly, in your right, world. But right. he's, in all intents and purposes, Irish. Irish you know, he's yep, got the Irish yep. accent. He's got the Irish mentality. Yep. And so he and his buddies had a little too much to drink. Um, and they decided, hey, let's go out. In our altered state, and see if I Karab can cast spells correctly. <laughs> and so we went out in the middle of the night to a a sheep field, a farm, and just uh, I started trying to cast like protection spells on sheep. And I would roll a concentration check, which I had. I have a sweet concentration check, yeah, but you but you gave you me a, quite to, a bit of a to negative. Make it, like by one every yeah. single time for the ones that you actually made. But yeah, I gave you quite a significant penalty and so for being wasted. Eventually, being... this. 
we use the spell failure chart. This is your first time using a spell mm-hmm. failure chart, so, I look, so you're I look welcome. One up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fun. But uh, we had a night of crazy spell failures going off. Do you remember the order of everything that happened? I don't remember the exact order, but so you were casting spells on sheep. Yeah. And one of them was you ended like you cast oh, a spell. All, it didn't all of work. our metal items all, all of a sudden metal started items to got burn really, really yeah, hot. Got so we're really, throwing, really hot. throwing off armor, taking off yep. swords and yep. stuff, throwing them on the ground. I remember something. You, oh, sheep! All the sheep started hiccuping. Yeah, well, everybody started hiccuping. <laughs> every, yeah, everybody including started hiccuping. The sheep. Yeah. And I remember but you said something like a, about like, I don't know if sheep can hiccup. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know if they hiccup, but they're hiccuping. But right they're now. doing it, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, one thing led to another, and I fell deeply. I yeah, kept on you, trying to uh, power up this one sheep, and yeah. he got pretty powered up. He like had mage armor and shield yeah. on him and stuff. And eventually. I my spell pharaoh went wrong and I fell in love with the sheep. Yeah, was and like nobody, I was just cuddling the yep, sheep on the ground. Nobody knew like what was going on um, because <laughs> it was like you were the only one that the spell mm-hmm. affected. It was like whoever casts a spell and it fails becomes madly in love with whatever yeah. target they targeted. And all of a sudden, Mitch, your character just walks over I'm and is like, cuddling. I just want to cuddle this. I want to kiss this, <laughs> I'm, this I'm sheep. I'm whispering sweet nothings yeah, yeah, into yeah. its ear. Yep. And uh, Caleb's character, Ernie, decides, well... Well, and I was nice to you in this, too, because it was supposed to be until you... I forget what the exact way to get rid of it was, but I I finally was just like, okay, there, I don't think there's anybody else that can cancel like the magic that's going on with you right now. Oh, so, it's supposed to stay yeah, forever? Yeah, it's supposed to stay you for a long time. just kept it. Like, I have to go on this adventure, and I say goodbye to my sheep wife. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to, yeah, it was supposed to but I was just like, all right, somebody just needs to shock him out of it, because nobody's going to figure out how to get rid of this spell, yeah. And so I'm cuddling the sheep and Caleb's character says, all right, we need to get out of here. This is not going well. And he well, comes you, over no, to pull me apart. That, yeah, before that, there was one that you cast a spell and everything came flying towards you. Well, that was it. No, that was it. Oh, was that what it he was? He came yeah, over yeah. to pull me apart and I'm like, don't touch my, don't touch my, the love of my life. And I like use a spell. I tried to use a spell on him. Spell failure happened, and it was like a magnetic pull of yeah, everybody, everybody in the area. Everybody had and, like they rolled like will saves, but then all of a sudden, I just had sheep flying yeah, had, like, at four or five character, sheep just, just flying at your. Character. I, I imagine the uh, Matrix, the second Matrix, when all Agent Smiths are jumping <laughs> on Neo. <laughs> like that's what yeah, it was. Yeah. Only with Karab, the Barbarian yep. Wizard, and sheep yep. just coming in. Yep, and, and you didn't you do something with your. Uh, flying blade or something yeah, like I, that too. Yeah, I successfully a couple times used my flying blade I attack killed, like, and took out sheep. three or four yeah. sheep. And eventually we saw this light coming at us from the field. And I see this light and this figure coming at us. And my guy just gets up and he's like, he, basically in the like, it's the cops kind of yeah. mentality. He's yeah. like, it's the town guard, yeah. run! <laughs> and I just start running away. And the other two characters just stay there and talk to the guy. And like, we're sorry. It's, a, it's the paid for the sheep. Yeah, they and, paid a significant amount more yeah. for the for the sheep and what else did they have to pay for the broken the fence because I, I tried to, I tried to uh, <laughs> jump over the fence with a significant negative and complete, yeah. I just barreled through yeah it. you made it like a Oosh. foot off of the ground and this this fence is like four feet tall and you just mm-hmm. barreled straight through this wooden fence and ran off into the forest yeah. somewhere and so they they all headed back they went to sleep um, and in the morning I woke up and I'm sleeping I like missed my room and I'm sleeping in uh, your brother's 
character and Martin were sleeping in the same bed yeah, you face like, to face and there's this moment where like he opens his eyes sees that I'm there and he just starts screaming I open my eyes see that he's here and we just start screaming and Mark's character knows this is going on <laughs> the whole time because he watched you walk into the wrong room and, the night before yeah and so like people are knocking at our door like are you guys okay like and I'm just like it's just me in here it was a bed and breakfast is yeah, what the place I was. threw Martin's character out the window and said like yeah. you can't be seen in this room and he's like Flying out the window, he's like, "But this is my room." And then the cook like sees him like fall right yeah. on the go- right on the ground outside. He picks himself up. It was just... you lied to him and said, "Oh, he's out for a walk." And yeah. they're like, "No, he's not." Yeah, he's it was just a uh, a wacky night. Um, and then from then on, we uh, Casey lost one of his swords that yeah. a little kid was playing with in the street because he found it. Yeah, Kate, uh, your brother Casey and me just our characters just kept on making like awkward eye contact and like like, oh, no, like nothing happened. happened. We just like fell asleep. But it was just this funny, like, awkward Yeah, scene. you guys went to the hilarious. next town and then made sure you got, like, rooms, like, diagonally yeah. away from each other. Uh, and, and, like, the guys were making jokes about, like, are you sure we only want, th- are you sure you don't, we don't want three rooms? Yeah. And they were like, no, we want four rooms. Oh, uh, trouble in Paradise. Trouble in Paradise, eh? Yeah, it was, so. It was a great time. And, yep. but basically, that was all just a goofy, like, side story that happened. But we got to do battle with this, we, we went on this investigation mm-hmm. of this king of what was the city violet mill violet mill yeah, and the king was suspicious of his council yeah. because he had heard that dragons were trying to do this and he thought one of them was trying to and take so over and he wasn't sure who and so each character split up to go with a different member of the council um while i was of course being half barbarian half wizard my wizard part came in and i was like i want to go to the library and see if there's any books on dragons mm-hmm. and how to tell if somebody is a transformed dragon and i found out one that They'll weigh about double the amount that a normal person would weigh, so yep. they still retain yeah, some it's of the all like homebrew. Yeah, this is just something that you came up with because yeah. I, of course, was I was like, you probably don't have this prepared, nope. but I'll I I'm, I need I'm looking for the books. And the most useful aspect was they won't bleed because yep. they if they get cut like their scales. There's, there's a layer of their of skin to disguise yeah. them, and there's also the layer of dragon. So scales I, of course, quote unquote, accidentally cut the member that I was looking after, he bled. So yep. I was like, it's not, him. it's not him. And then we got back together and I was like, there's an easy way to find it out. We need to cut each and every member. And I, we called the whole council there. One member doesn't show One up. One member doesn't show All up. All the other people cut themselves and they're bleeding. And then we're like, we gotta go after this guy. Yep. And of course, Caleb was watching the character that ran off and we're like, Caleb, what the heck, man? Yeah. And I'm pos- I'm pretty positive you made it so he didn't even have a chance. I made it so he didn't have a chance because we were getting late into the night yeah. at this point. In time, but of but... course, of course, we're as characters yeah. going to blame his character. Yeah. So we gave yeah. him a lot of flack for that. Uh, but then we went off with an army to go and find because one character. of the guys had in his room one of the guys was also suspicious the leonin that was a part mm-hmm. of the council was suspicious of this this elf that was actually the bad guy yeah. uh and he had mount cromor the the biggest mountain in the whole uh world of pantheia circled and he's like he's going there mm-hmm. for some reason i don't know why but that's where he's going so that's where he went yep and we basically far away through these enemies and got to the escape where we knew he was on the other side, mm-hmm. and we knew he was a white dragon, so we had some like cold protection items that we were wearing. You, at this point, before we went in, you gave me this side quest from Dale that yep. Dale talked to me on the side and said, you got to find this this item, this hidden item. You'll reach a pool in the water, swim through that pool. And so, of course, we got to that part, and he didn't want me to let anybody else know, even the party members. So I'm like, this looks like a good place to rest. 
I'll take first watch. Because you guys, yeah, it was like, okay, there's, the door is closed. I don't think he knows. He didn't have any mm-hmm. kobolds or anything in this. It was all just like weird creatures yep. that were in this cave. So it's like, there's no way he's going to be alerted. You guys decided to sleep. You drank your invisibility potion that Dale gave you. I snuck off. You all snuck the off. all the players are looking at me like, "What's he doing?" Yeah, and I'm yeah. just like, "I'm like DM, put me up, dude." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. but then we yeah. then I got the item, and that'll come up in a future episode. Yep. What happens with that? Um, always good to figure out ways to lie to your fellow players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then we bust open the door, and we got in a fight with a large white dragon. Yep. Of which I was pretty sure that we were going to have a TPK there for a while and that you were going to have to deal with that. Yeah, you guys, uh, we surprisingly, out. though, like, you were you were beating the AC of this dragon by, like, one. every And, like, you, like, there was, like, probably four or five, like, crit hits against this thing. And, like, I, I knew, like, it wasn't going well for you at first. And I was like, okay, there was a guy who was an alchemist. He's going to run up to you and he's like, hey, like, he... We're just going to make it. So he killed all of his guys. He runs up to you with these, like, fire grenade things. I was like, okay, use these. Get a little bit of damage in on this thing because I don't want you all to die doing this. I'll give you a little bit of an advantage and hope that you can you can make it through this. But, yeah, so you guys killed your second dragon now uh, out of the... I'm not going to tell you how many there are, but there's, there's enough of them out mm-hmm. there still. But you guys got through your second one, and now you are headed back to... Violet Mill to figure out, you know, what your reward is going to be and, and what, what to do next. So, yeah. uh, that's a uh, great night of sheep, uh, sheep magnets and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and dragon slaying. Yeah, it, so. was, it was a lot of fun. It's a fun so, time. Yeah, that's all we have for story time. Let's head into the meat of this episode. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Yeah. Why can't we have some meat? Copy that! Just a mouthful. No. The meat back on the menu, boys. So for the meat today, we are not in a tavern. That is the premise of this episode. You're not at a tavern. Why not a tavern? Why not begin your campaign in a tavern? Here's the disclaimer I want to start this off with. Starting your campaign in a tavern is completely and totally fine. It is. Yeah. It is more than fine. Uh, I've started a couple campaigns. I think we started this one in a tavern we, too, didn't we? Yeah, kind of. We started in a tavern. We had backstory. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, we your group met up in a tavern and got to know each other. A couple of you guys met up in a tavern, and that tavern has been a whenever it's been you a get homestead. Yeah, whenever you go back times, into yeah. that town, you stop in. You're friends with the bartender, and uh, one of the characters worked for the bartender, and yeah. so. It's definitely yeah. It makes sense to meet in a tavern because that's in a city. No matter what the size, there's always social life going on. That is like the focal point of community and life in a city is taverns. Yep. And so, why not a tavern? It's okay to start in a tavern. The main idea here is that a lot of people, um, as players especially, you don't want to have every single campaign start off in a tavern because. It becomes a little tedious. Oh, we're going to start off in a tavern again. Oh, we're going to start off in a tavern again. Don't have that be your all-encompassing beginning point of where you start your stories. It's it's a much-used trope of D&D and any kind of RPG as you start in a tavern. So today we're going to give you some ideas of what else can you do to start off a campaign, to bring some life, to bring some new, fresh ideas uh, to a campaign. But before we do that, 
we want to once again we've talked about this before but say if you don't want to start in a tavern if you uh if your players are getting bored of the normal starting points that are happening in campaigns well one of the benefits to character creation nights which we've talked about before yep. a night before you even get into your night campaign zero. yep night zero exactly episode zero of your campaign yep. is you get together with all your players whether they've made their character sheets or whatever or they're going to do it there you talk to them about who their characters are and you and you and your players come up with the character backgrounds and how they fit into your world so that you can give them like ideas of like oh this would be good oh you want to become a mercenary well there's a great a great mercenary guild in the city this guild let's let's talk about that you know you you work in that mercenary guild you know the boss is this guy and so it really can immerse them into your world even more yeah. and get them set up with already backstories and you can kind of you can kind of work through if they come up with backstory ideas that you're not really cool with happening in your campaign. I'm a level one character, and I've slayed seven dragons. Yeah, you can yeah. try and uh, steer them away from that and just say, why can't you be a level one character that his goal is to slay dragons yeah. or something? Like Whatever it is that you as a DM kind of have a, an idea for, because you know what your story is going to be, you can lead them in that right direction. You can also start to make connections between characters like um, if you guys live in the same town your character and your character have interacted before this way and you have them work yeah. through it together and that's a good way to start off the backstories of your characters that can bring good light and good ideas to how do we start this campaign off yeah, so that's something I, we just want to plug I think, there I think because if you do start in a tavern a lot of the times and I know I've come to campaigns before where it's like alright you sit down at a table or you sit down at the bar there's people next to you. What do you say to them? It's like if you haven't had a creation or character yeah. creation night, it's like you have you're nothing learning, to talk about. Yeah, right? you're learning now. You're starting off saying, right. "What's your name and why are you yep. sitting together?" It's so almost you, like a force kind of thing. Yeah. So if you have character creation nights, people have things that they can talk about. They have like, okay, we have these five things. That's like these are a little bit about our history. This is where we grew up. This is you know, this is my family. This mm-hmm. is the adventures I've gone on. I've you know, whatever it is you want to go, you have starting points instead of like, all right, you sit down, and you're eating your food. What do you say to each other? Uh, hi. <laughs> yeah, how's it going? That's pretty much what I've seen before. And then, and then the DM is forced to be like, "Okay, well, I guess we're just yeah. gonna move on I from gotta, here." You talk I for have a while. To railroad you guys because you're not doing it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. It's it's not the best thing. And yeah, if you create a character creation night and you create your characters that know each other already, you you can start in a tavern and it'll be a lot more of a well-flowing story because you say friends getting you've, together at that you've point. been going to this tavern on Friday nights for this many years. It's where you guys hook up at the end of the week and yeah. relax. And, and you can even say, stuff. like, here's the bartender's name. Here's the waitress you have or waiter that you have mm-hmm. every single time. Here's a here's the town drunk that's a part of the city. Here's the bar that plays here on the Friday. I mean, you can come up with any number yeah. of things if you're going to start s- in a tavern to make it interesting. And so too. you can start off your adventure in a tavern and make it still not a boring, ridiculous, like, not not a boring start that has always been. Yep. Make it fresh in that way. Yep. But we are not here to talk about taverns, are we, Chris? No, we are we not. We are here to talk about uh, how to start campaigns not in a tavern. So we have quite the list of adventure ideas of how to start your adventures without starting in a tavern. Uh, so, Chris, let's start us off with some good ideas. Yep, the first one we're going to talk about is you are all prisoners. Mm-hmm. Pretty self-explanatory. I mean, you can, on character creation night, if you do a character creation night, you can come up why you're in prison. I was a thief, or I was um, I was wrongly imprisoned. I was framed for killing somebody in the city, or 
or you know i mean in your world right now arcane magic is not a cool thing so it could be like i was arrested for my spell not working right and somebody got injured because of it you know something along those lines where you start out in a jail cell with maybe say you have four people in your campaign there's four of you chained to this wall what are you gonna do in in a prison if you're all like if you're not there for the right reasons you're gonna think of ways to escape from this prison or you're gonna have time to talk about what you did or didn't do there's there should just be natural role-playing within the prison walls itself and within that idea alone of starting off your your players as prisoners there's a whole slew of ideas that you can have your adventure be based around the most obvious would be the one that we've talked about before is a prison break campaign where your characters are all prisoners that work together and you could even have a couple sessions be in the prison your characters are meeting and like Figuring out this plan of how to get out of this prison, how to break out of prison. Yeah, well, and I'm watching Game of Thrones right now, too, Mm -hmm. and one of the things that they do for the North Wall is they get all of the scumbags of the Earth to go from the dungeons Mm -hmm. up to the wall. So you could be called to be a part of the army that's going to be the first ones on the lines. Like, they're just like, all right, you're the meat shields for the rest of the actual army or something Mm -hmm. like that. So you could could be given a mission by the king. I mean, you could be given all sorts of different ideas within... The prison itself. And, like, there's a good point in that. Like, why are your characters in prison? Are they guilty bad guys? Or were they wrongfully accused? Mm -hmm. Maybe some of them are... Maybe it's a mix. Maybe it's not a regular type of prison campaign. Maybe they're prisoners of war. And that's where they are. And there's a campaign around that. And they have to break out of prison and they're going to be in enemy territory and yeah. have to get their way back to or their own even, armies. Or you're even a part of a rebellion that's trying to overthrow the evil king, and that's why yeah. you're put in jail. So you guys are all scheming together to get out of the jail to finish the rebellion. This is an idea that I really like if you start your characters off as prisoners. If you are familiar with, in the Marvel comics, the Thunderbolts group, uh, which are, are prisoners, they're villains, that are basically on the a team called the Thunderbolts, and they're trying to be... They're run by different characters at different points. I know Norman Osborn was it for a while before the whole Dark Avengers series, which is so good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they are trying to be reformed, or somebody is trying to reform them, right. whether they want to or not. And so they're a group of prisoners who were or are still bad guys tr- going out and doing heroic things as prisoners, they're given jobs. And you could have that kind of thing where, once again, how interesting would that be if your team was made up of a Thunderbolts-like adventurer team of some characters are just downright evil that are part of this Reformation group of prisoners. Maybe some of them are like evil characters who have been thrown into it and they're like, yeah, there's no way you're a yeah, right, me, dude. Right. Uh, but at least I get to get out and like... Right. You know, even I'll if, play even if there are other bad guys that I'm killing, I'm getting to kill somebody. And maybe there's other parts of the group that are like, I feel guilty for what I've done and I want to have a second chance to be a hero. And so that would create some crazy... Uh, we've talked about before, like, how do you have a good and evil characters in the same group? Well, if they're both prisoners and they have no choice, they have to be in the same group. And there might yeah. be some really crazy conflict there, but they have to stay yeah. together. Like, yeah. they don't have a choice in that. Yep. I like that idea. I might take that idea. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so starting off as prisoners. Another idea kind of going off on this uh, chains in chains kind of idea is what if you start off your characters as slaves? Mm-hmm. Whether they've been slaves their entire life, whether they, you know, you create your backstories with them and they're heroes, but now they've been captured and they are now, they're now slaves and they're 
being shipped off to be sold, like that'd be a crazy beginning yeah. of a campaign. You're slaves. How do you get out of this? Well, How do you it, could, yourselves? it could be too. I mean, there's there's the bad form of enslavement where it's like you're you're tortured and you're whipped if you do something mm-hmm. wrong. There's also the side of it where it's like you might be a slave to a king who treats you really really well, mm-hmm. and so it's like what is what does it look like for you to be sent on missions for this king as a as a good slave? You know what is as, as, a, <laughs> as good a good slave, slave as a as a slave <laughs> that has a better life than the tortured. Slaves. I think we all know. I think you, you knew mean. what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you, like, can do, you can do you can do a lot of different yeah. things with the slaves. Slavery is well. bad. <laughs> we, right, we all right. know that. But right. There's the, yeah. There could be a um, a master who is a little more kind than the let's let's me- you know really hurt this person if they disobey me. Yep. Yeah. The next one you could do is a a shipwreck. I kind of like this idea for. I mean, you guys are whether you're wealthy people who are traveling from one continent to another or one island to another. Uh, or you're 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 actually ship hands like your people you, that work on the ship, or you are soldiers or, or whatever you want to do. There was some storm or some attack or whatever, and you're you're shipwrecked. You're just left out in the middle of the island. And I like this idea to do something like, all right, you guys are going to explore an island that I haven't really come up with yet, and you're going to explore little bits of this island at a time. You're going to be forced to survive. Essentially, is what I I be like you guys are probably going to work together to help each other survive a little bit um and you could meet that way where you're you're floating out in the water for a while you have to come up with food you're talking i mean there's a multitude of different things you could do for the shipwreck scene this is the way that i actually started my first campaign is all the characters were shipwrecked and they had never met before but they were traveling and their ship was attacked and uh, they were the only survivors and so they were washed up on shore with some debris of the ship and Mm -hmm. They were on this island that they had never been to before, and they had to. They didn't see a town anywhere near, and they had to band together to find civilization. And they did, yep. and from that point on, they were a group of adventurers. Yep. So, the next idea we have is the dream sequence, and we've talked about this before. But you could start off your campaign, and maybe none of the characters do know each other, but they, in a dream sequence, see all of the characters together, and you can even give like little hints to what's going to happen in the campaign and like plot points you have but uh, while doing it in a way that they're not going to be able to really understand what's going on but once they reach that point be like that's what yeah. I saw in the a little dream. bit of foreshadowing there of yeah, what's going to happen in your campaign and so I mean if one character wakes up from that dream and goes I gotta find these people like then you have one person starting off the campaign trying to find these characters and trying to bring them all together. Even if there's like one or two characters that are like, it's just a dream. Like, But once you get together with those characters, like we've had the same dream. Yeah. This means yeah. something. So That's then, a pretty crazy question of, campaign. But I don't know. Oh, so then there's the, do you tell the players that you're a part of a dream sequence? Mm-hmm. Like the whole time. Is it is it one continuous scene that they see? And then it's like, okay, you wake up and have no idea who those people were. All right, what do we do from there? You know, like... <laughs> Uh, where do I even begin working? And that's that's the whole, like, are they in the same town? Are they in different continents? Like, how the heck are they going to, to find each other? Because that's going to be a lot of individual role-playing. Who do I talk to? Have you seen this person? Have you seen this person? Stuff. So those are some things you got to work out through the dream sequence. But I, I think that could be a really cool yeah. way to inject some foreshadowing as to what's going to happen later in your campaign. I think that could be could be really good. The next one is you as characters are raised from the dead and you're unsure why uh, it, it could be any multitude of reasons it could be 
something that somebody did for a purpose like they've heard tales of you know who you were or whatever back in the day or they want to you know give they it's some powerful person who's like i want to have them live a better life than that what they lived i mean you could have backstories of like we were really poor i was a beggar back in the day and i'm raised from the dead for some greater purpose now one thing i thought was really cool about this idea is you could have people from all different timelines of your world too you could have people that remember things about this this city that say they're buried all in a graveyard outside of the city they remember things from a thousand years before somebody else of what the city is they go back into the city now and it's like i have no idea what's going on uh, you have somebody who died five years ago who's revived and it's like oh the city's pretty much the same and now they're trying to acclimate this person to a culture that's a thousand years different from when they were actually alive so there's a lot of fun things that you could do and you could also you could employ people to share some of your history of your world that other players may not have already known about by saying, "Hey, here's something that you were That's a part of a thousand what the years ago." Textbooks say, "Yeah, right, right." So they I could have there. a different they could have a different story of it and be like, "You're from a thousand years ago. Tell me what you know about this area." You know, so that's. That's something fun you could do too. Raised from the dead, and you're you're unsure yeah, why. That'd be an interesting way to start telling your players, "Hey, here's your backstories," and working with them on an individual basis. And then at the beginning, you get down, sit down with them for the night, and you're like, "Oh, by the way, uh, all your characters died." Yeah. At the starting of the campaign. <laughs> yeah, it, I just think I think if you have like people from different timelines, there's like one guy who died who was like a soldier in yeah. combat who like is raised from the dead and just is like. He thinks you all are bad guys still, and he's like still in like fight mode. And it's like, dude, whoa, hold on a second. Uh, who are you fighting? These are people I haven't even heard of before. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you just have the crazed war vet who rises from the dead and is trying to fight everybody. Um, another way that you can start a campaign off is in a town or city during a time of a festival, and so there are many reasons that festivals could be going on. Whether that's a celebration of a political figure. Political, political finger. finger, a political figure like the king or the lord of the town, or whether it's a battle that's been fought and won, whether it's a the remembrance of a battle that's been fought and won, or even lost, like it could be a a, fest, a festival of grieving, or it could be a religious festival. Like we started off this campaign with the festival of luck, which is yep. based off of old Damara and yep. lots of gambling going on, lots of games of chance going on. Uh, and that was something that brought all of your characters together through joining in to different games and betting on each other in different games yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that kind of good stuff. So that would be a good way to start off your campaign during the time of the year when there's a huge festival. Yep. Uh, you could also do the Gladiator Arena, and I'm brought back to the actual movie Gladiator, where this <laughs> Are is you like, not entertained? Yeah, right. Where this is a this is you actually see the character development of these people who. They were, they were enslaved in this particular story, but it's like you see the character progression. You see them be introduced to other people. You see them have to, you know, fight side by side with people. And so it's it's a really interesting way that you could help characters in the heat of combat having to fight together to destroy or kill this, I don't know, dire wolf or something like that that's coming up against them in the gladiator arena. And it's like, all right, I don't know you, but we're going to get to know each other later. <laughs> if we make it through this, we got to work together to kill this. That'd be interesting if you just... Had like okay, here's your characters, here's your stats. Oh, by the way, you're a part of a gladiator gladiator arena. Here's your first battle. Go. You just hop into it, and they have like really makeshift swords and yeah. stuff like that. It could be really interesting. Or even they could be. You could have them all be gladiators, and they've been gladiators for a long time, and they know each other really well, and they've trained together. And maybe one of the characters is really 
like guys we need to escape we need to like yeah. get out of here and maybe you start off the camp the campaign with one of the gladiators the gate opens he sta- steps out and the other gate opens and it's another it's the other player on the other side and another gate opens and it's the other player and it's the other player oh, and yeah. then it's like it's a four-way battle and they're all versing each other and it's this moment of crap <laughs> and the one character's like guys this is it we can't I, we have ki- to I won't kill you guys. You guys are my friends. We have to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, how do they do that? Like throwing them into it in, right from the beginning. In an arena where it's like you have people watching you. How do you yeah. how do you escape that when the only place to come into this was through the gates that you just came Do you fake the out? deaths? Do you rush the guards? Do you, What do you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, the next one is very similar to the Gladiator Arena. It's, you just meet on the battlefield. You're all soldiers of some sort. Uh, and you are in the heat of battle or you're at a camp outside of the battlefield awaiting this massive battle as yep. soldiers. And you begin all of your characters possibly are part of an army and they're going to war against. And so the first time you sit down at the table is you're sitting down and you're immense, you're immersed into this huge battle yep. sequence. Yep. Another way that you could start off a campaign is by a council meeting. Uh, when I had this idea, I thought of a Fellowship of the Rings type mm-hmm. um, deal where you have different members of uh, different races or whatever it is, different lands coming together for a, a purpose. And that's how you form that adventuring party. You could have, you could very much have that be like the way. If you want to have it race based, you could have it, uh, you can talk to your players and, oh, sorry, dude, you can't be a dwarf because I've already, we've already got a dwarf and yeah. we're only going to have one of each right now. And so you, you should make that apparent before you just tell right, somebody, yeah, that, you yeah, know, yeah. whoever cut, wants to pick, whoever picks a dwarf first, first is a dwarf. Um, or like you just say, all right, you're this guy, you're this guy, you're this guy, character creation background night, uh, you're from this land, you're from this land, you're from this land. And so they come together and whatever it is that your story is, you're bringing your characters together on this, through this Fellowship of the Rings type, they're going to... Of course, the of course the players are going to say I'll be part of this group. Yeah, right. Because if they don't, they're not going to be part yeah. of the story. Sorry, you can just go home now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> All right, see you later, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's that's a great way to get everybody into an adventuring group. And I would really like to play in that campaign where it starts off in the first time you haven't met these other characters, and they're going to have all their. Every single character is going to have their different opinions and stuff. Yep. And you sit down, you have like a council like meeting. You as the DM are running the council and you're saying, here's the deal, here's what, what do we do about this, and each character's giving their input and having, like, just, maybe you don't even decide as a DM what the end point of, like, the decision is going to be. You let your players decide that yeah. through having a sort of council-like meeting yeah. and what the what the path of the game is going to be like. Yeah, but I like that idea. Yeah, very, very similar to that I did uh, in my world. Um, I had where the, all of your parents were on the city council. You guys were mm-hmm. from a uh, smaller city. There was about, I think it was 12 people on this council. And your, I mean, we had five people at the time. Your five parents were a part of the city council. They've been a part of the city council for a long time. You've basically grown up with each other. Something interesting that I think about now that would be fun to do is like, what if everybody on the council doesn't like each other? So it's like yeah. you hear like these weird rumors like, you as I mean your old character the buffalo kin doesn't like the Diabolus that's a part of it like you guys are just you guys are just creeped out by this guy like what <laughs> like your dad doesn't like this Diabolus guy so it's like there's always like this, this weird family feud and all of a sudden you're forced to like be in a group together it's like 
you guys are both aligned the same, like you're both good aligned, but you just have this weird like rift between you that you guys have to like character developmentally work through while you're on the road. I think that's what I did this this campaign minus all of that like hatred in the yeah, background. Yeah, great but way it was, to start off a it campaign. Was, it was fun. So you guys had a little bit of knowledge of who each mm-hmm. other were. Um, you had some some backgrounds together and, and, and went from there. So Going back to our villains episode when we said vill- a villain is a great way to bring together an adventuring group. Have that, have there be from the very get-go of the campaign, have there be a common enemy that all the the players have. Maybe they've never met before, and maybe that's the one thing that's going to bring them together. Maybe every single character has a family member or a loved one killed by a certain enemy, or their town's been burned or uh, destroyed by this enemy, and so they band together because they've all been on the trail of this enemy and trying to track them down and kill right. them. And so they meet through those means. Maybe they, maybe the first thing you do in that campaign is you have a battle with that enemy and his guards or whoever the forces are around it, and that enemy escapes. But it's like the one character gets into the battle and like starts fighting and is totally overpowered, and another enemy jumps out of the tr- or another PC jumps out of the trees and starts helping him, and they're like looking at each other like. All right, I guess he's on my side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another player comes in. And it's like they've been all tracking them, and they meet up at this like fate has brought them together kind right. of point. And I think that's a great way because they're they're right away they're going to say, "I hate this guy. Yeah, I want to kill him." Despite Me too. What, what we think Let's of each join other together. later on, we are going to try. Yeah, and started off kill with an guy, ambush yeah. on an enemy like that. Yeah, a great way. Yeah, the next one is you are um, bound together by the gobs. It could be. I mean, there's, there's, oh gosh, there's so many different things you could do. With you could this. have the, that dream sequence we talked about yeah. being uh, something that the it's gods have implanted from the in gods. the mind. It could be there's a couple of gods that have a mission for you specifically to do something against a different god. Yeah, you know, um, you could have one god is calling you all to do things. I mean, there, there's so many different things you could do with this. Some you wake up in your bed and there's, there's a. Either the god themselves or an yeah. angel, a uh, messenger from the god standing at the end of each character's bed, and they say, "Meet here at this time, and we will discuss things further." But you're <laughs> you're on a mission from God. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're going on a mission from from Pelor, from this god, and it can be all the same god. It can be different gods that join together, like you said. Whether it's against an enemy god, yeah. or there's like a prophecy about a bunch of heroes getting together and doing this. Certain mm-hmm. thing for the gods, yeah. yeah. Like in like in my campaign right now, that's yeah. Like, I was gonna say all we didn't start out that gods. way, but nope. that's kind of like because we were doing kind of a sandbox. You have fun, and then that was like it wasn't like a restart to your campaign, mm-hmm. but it was like okay, now we're on more focusing of a, in, yeah, big focusing idea. In, now you're really on a mission. Yeah. You know that was that was what you did in your campaign. That's immediately what I what I thought about. Uh, another way uh, is that. Uh, all the adventurers live in the same town or city, and you start off the campaign by it's being attacked, it's being destroyed, and so maybe they're the last survivors. Maybe they all get together and uh, defend their town and try and whether they save it or they aren't able to save it. And a lot of these you can see there's connections. Like maybe it's that enemy that brings them together that destroys mm-hmm. their town. And that's yep. where they you can start off that campaign, but starting it off with a battle in which they have to all band together and protect something that they love, whether it's a town or a person or whatever it is, is a good way to start off a campaign. Yeah, and add these together, too, because I kind of, looking at this list again, I I used, like, three of these things, I think. Mm-hmm. I used destruction of their town a little bit, 
Common Enemy and the Parents Council. Like, yeah. I use three of those in my starting yeah. my campaign now. Yeah, you, you know? don't have yeah. to just pick one of these. You could go, oh, that's a great idea. Oh, we're going to use that one, too, and mix yeah. them together. Going yeah. along with that destruction of the town, you could also have them, maybe because the town is destroyed, the city is destroyed, there's a war that breaks out, and your heroes are all uh, recruited into the army, or, and so, or the knights' forces, or whatever it is, and they're all part of the same platoon or whatever, and they're yeah. all part of the same group. They all get the same kind of missions, and so you begin in a army type sense style campaign. Yep. You could also do where you guys are explorers of a new land. You might have to accompany this cartographer, somebody who's been commissioned by a or king. Maybe a or, PC wants to or, be a cartographer. Yeah, or a PC wants to be a cartographer, whatever you want to do. You have them start out where it's like, okay. There's this mystical land. Like right now, I'm looking at the, the map of, of your world right now, Mitch, of, of Atos, the, the map that you have on the wall. It's like, is there another section to the other side? There's been a legend of this other mysterious land that nobody has ever been to that's around the other side of the world, and you have people... The king is like, I am very curious about this. I'm not so much worried about my land anymore. I want to find out what's on the other side mm-hmm. of this world. And so you guys are commissioned to sail around this world meanwhile you're discovering little islands here and there and then you run into this huge mainland or something like that you know um so you, you guys could be commissioned to just simply explore find out what's what's out there we've had a couple of our listeners write in and say they're doing this and yeah it's just how they're letting their players actually draw the maps and uh, plot down different points that they get to and i think that's a we've talked about getting your players involved in your world and that sparks the interest and that's a great way to start off a campaign uh, going to a new world, you don't know what to expect. Yep. Um, you never know what to expect. Yeah, you don't know what's going to be over the next hill or the next mountain, and they're going to be really interested in seeing where you're going with yep. that. Another way you could start off your campaign is by having starting it off like at a funeral, at the death of uh, past heroes, maybe even past PCs. So maybe you just finished an adventure with all these PCs and at the end of your adventure you closed the book of that campaign and they were all alive and said oh and they went on to do other great deeds and maybe you open it up with they've all just been wiped out they just fought bravely in this big battle uh, whether the battle was won or lost and you open it up at the funeral of these past PCs which immediately immediately draws your players in because they're like we know these guys we played these guys we love these guys like you're starting it off with immediate interest in the campaign. And so maybe the PCs that they are now, each of them had a connection to APC for a past PC. By them or yeah, whatever. And they're left an inheritance uh, by this group. And maybe with the inheritance, they're left some kind of book or some kind of uh, instructions for them to continue their legacy. Yeah. Uh, maybe they don't get their inheritance unless they continue on their legacy as adventurers together. It's been sealed away somewhere. Or Almost like, like this idea of breeding heroes. Like these are maybe these PCs were the sons of or the daughters of the whatever. grandchildren. Maybe they were just a squire, like, you know, a servant or of some kind. But all the while your past PCs are trying to make these people into the next heroes. And so you start up this campaign with these new heroes that take up the mantles of the old heroes and live on. It'd be interesting to do that in where, you know, I think the immediate thought is, uh, Chris, you're playing a PC, and so you create the PC that followed that PC 
um, into the next campaign. But it, what would be interesting is if like your car- your players uh, switched, and so Chris, your new PC followed my character's PC and was like his son or something, and vice versa with your with your old PC and my new PC. Yep. And so giving it gives a good twist in the story as long as as long as the players are respectful to the yeah. you know but it yeah. doesn't even have to be like they are respectful in the sense like you could have a a PC that followed another old PC and they're not they're not following in the same footsteps but I think it's more of a player being respectful of and not trying to make yeah. fun of kind of at old PC or whatever yeah. but I think that'd be a great way to start off a story yeah I was thinking too for Death of a Heroes it could be that. You know, it'd be you can't really have them die of old age because people are going to die at different times. So it could be yeah, something exactly. along the lines of like they. It's weird that they all died at the same time. Yeah. What the heck happened? You know, they could yeah. have been poisoned or something like that. Now it's like okay, now whoever was next in line that they were training is just called up, mm-hmm. ready to go. All right, let's go and figure out what the heck happened yeah. to our heroes. Unless know? it's a an NPC that all the characters, all the players bonded with, and so that's the death of that NPC. Yeah, and all the PCs are. Like the Sons of Bastion kind of thing. Like yeah. That was a P- an NPC that brought together PCs to breed breed heroes. Yep. Uh, and this was just in a different sense, starting off with a funeral of that person and saying, it is time, I'm dead. Like, make me proud. Yep, <laughs> yep. Another way that you could start out a campaign is you guys are a part of a guild, whether it be mm-hmm. a mercenary guild, an adventurer's guild, wizards, thieves, what, whatever Any you guilds, want yeah. for the guild. There's a ton of different ideas you can do for And with guild each and- of those... It- gives you different ideas of how what's the first thing that you guys are going to do as characters and yeah and we've talked about this before but putting all your players into that kind of a guild uh, together they're all going to have a common interest in the guild and maybe even common goals i mean i've always really wanted to dm a wizard guild kind of game where everybody's a wizard yeah you'd have to fo- yeah it could be you start out and you're like all right you guys have to go after a specific magic mm-hmm. item that's locked away in a cave somewhere guarded by another really magical yeah. creature that only magic will work on yeah. you know and so it has to be a specifically wizard it'd be campaign. very interesting having all glass cannons in the crew that like, would be crazy. like we can we can end a battle in one round as long as we get to go first yeah right <laughs> like right. if if the ogre goes first we're freaking dead we need one one cleric to be able to heal us <laughs> yeah, right exactly. that's that's we we hire one cleric that's all we need yeah gosh another way that you could start off going along with this uh unity in groups kind of idea is uh, all of your characters could be part of the same church. They could all be worshippers of Pelor or Oladamara or whoever, or even the part of all part of a cult together. Yeah. And so uh, they're going to be given missions, trying from, to bring about the quote unquote better good or greater good. Yeah, and so they're going to be given missions from whoever is you know the high priest or. Uh, the cult leader, whoever it is in that group. So you start them off in that church or wherever the the cult meets, down in a basement, outside of town, in the woods, in a bog, wherever it is. And so that's going to be their their quote-unquote tavern is going to be a church or, yeah. or a cult meeting spot. Yeah. I think that would be a really cool way to start. And talk about starting off your group as fanatical players like... <laughs> That's that's a good yeah. way to make them yeah, all invested into. They're all driven by yeah. something, especially yeah. if it's on like the cult side of things. Yeah. It's like all right, cult, whatever you think. Cults cult are usually smaller, fanatics. like yeah. smaller groups who are like, okay, we're not recognized as something bigger yet as an actual religion or whatever, but we're called a cult and we are just on mission 
to do this thing. Especially if it's like an outlawed cult. Oh, like, yeah. Nobody's joining an outlawed cult unless they're all in because they're going to, it's it's outlawed. They're going to be well, chased down by the law. They're going to be risking that, their yeah. life or imprisonment. So it's not like, ah, eh, maybe I'll try out this cult. Well, it's, it's, like, not, some, yeah, it's not something that you get a part of and then it's like, ah, I don't feel like doing it anymore because then you're going to be want to be killed by the cult because you know too yeah. much. It's like, or you're going to be wanted by the city guard. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you were a part of a cult. Like, you have tattoos now that say that you were a part of that cult yeah. and stuff like that. So. Maybe one of the characters is a town's guard infiltrating the cult. Yeah. Are you a cop? Are you a cop? <laughs> you do 21 Jump Street oh, style or whatever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, next one. You could be bounty hunters. Yeah. Where I think of the scene in Star Wars where they're all like all the bounty hunters are oh, together so and they're good. like, all right, find, find Han Solo. Yeah. Like, go and go and get and instead of it being like, oh, it was Luke. They were all well, right. oh yeah, it was it was Luke, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, you yeah you could you could go about saying all right, you guys have this specific mission. You have to hunt down so and so, and you could. I mean, oh, no, body, it was Han Solo. They were after. Yeah, I think it was. It was, it, Han, it was Solo. Han Solo. The ploy was to get was Luke, to get Han Solo to get, get Han Solo I was, to. I was just say I to bring. I, Luke I was like I think you're to wrong, them, but yeah. I, I'm no, not gonna. No. It's like we were past yeah, it. I'm right, not gonna go right. back and and, and get right. it again. But anyways. He's uh, no good to me, dead. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so, back to bounty hunters. You could you could have it where you're a part of the group and you could, you know, get to the end. You could make it a whole campaign based around finding this one person. When you get to the end, it's like, what what happens? Bounty hunters are after the money. They're not after like the bad guy. So they capture the bad guy, and then what happens? Is a ba- a battle to the finish of who? Like somebody decides to backstab everybody, and it's like, all right, I gotta try and take everybody out yeah. before we get back. Uh, is it where everybody just goes all out and is like, hey, this is a battle right here, right now. We're gonna figure this out. Do you have the end battle be where you actually fight each other, or is there a code of bounty hunters? Yeah, which I've yeah. I've implemented. There's a the Star Wars universe has the expanded universe, I should right. say, which is now not canon, but it has a bounty hunters code, and I've implemented that into uh, this guild in my world of autos that they have a very similar code where you you won't interfere with another hunter's hunt uh you at no point kill another bounty hunter all that stuff and so uh you as a bounty hunter would know and some of them break that those codes but you know if you break that code you're gonna have a bounty put out by the bounty hunters guild themselves yep. and they're all gonna be coming after you so it's like yep. this uh, i better not break this code yeah, for the sake of it makes all. sense if there's a bounty hunters guild mm-hmm. like that there's exactly. a, a code but if there's not like a guild it's like guild, then it might just be every yep. man for himself like yeah, well boba fett was that. never like except he joined the guild to uh destroy it but he was yeah not, he didn't care about the guild like yeah, he, didn't he would come it. in and take take other bounties while they're bounty hunters are going after them and be like what about the code and he's like i don't adhere to your yeah, code right, like right. don't talk to me about your code yeah like i don't need a code you made the code because you guys are afraid of how good i am yeah <laughs> like, boba fett yeah. boba fett <laughs> where even spin that around the bounty hunter idea and maybe all your characters are on the run from, right from the same bounty hunter or bounty hunter from this legendary bounty yeah. hunter and so they band together yeah. band together to be able to have better protection because more people protected against a group of bounty hunters is gonna lead to maybe maybe you're gonna live if they catch up yep. to you. Yep. Um. And this uh, this idea I really liked, uh, but we've talked about bringing the magic lore into the D and D universe. And what if your characters are all, or even one character is a planeswalker? One character is a planeswalker, and you start off the campaign by uh, that 
player who's a planeswalker gets hurt or whatever it is and their planeswalker spark ignites and you planeswalk all of your players to another world another plane Mm -hmm. of existence kind of like we said with the explorers of a new land only you can't go back this is something that you're forced into and now you're part of a new world and this i mean this could be a way that you start off if you've already built a world and you're looking to build another world or another plane of existence this would be a great way to start your campaign and so they think they're going to be part of this one world that you've been playing in for a long time and lo and behold boom campaign starts and they're put in this whole different environment where the world is very different and now they have to figure out like maybe they can get back maybe the planeswalker is able to uh, figure out how to use his powers. Make, Control it, harness yeah. it in, however you want to go about um, employing that. But that'd be a great way to start it off with a, a whole a whole new world. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the song. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Aladdin should start playing. Right. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, the last one that we have is you... Kind of like the story of Jonah from the Bible. Yeah. Like you I are share swallowed. this in my top tens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are swallowed by a gigantic creature. Yep. Uh, either like a whale... You have snake on here. That yeah. would be weird. I, I I don't remember where I heard this before, but I heard uh, a story about a campaign that some players were playing in that they basically there was this snake that was miles and miles long, hmm. and it just swallowed like anything in its path. Imagine being swallowed by a miles and miles long ginormous snake, and and the idea is. Like whether it's a whale, whether it's yeah, you hate snakes. I hate you snakes. Shaking that would your head. Suck. <laughs> uh, whether it's a whale, whether it's a snake, a beast, uh, a please don't do that. Ginormous dragon, the ginormous hawk, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. But that campaign could take place inside of that creature, uh, and whether it's trying to get out or just becoming acclimated, maybe there's societies in that creature. Yeah. We talked about that on our. Uh, in the aquatic uh, campaign, uh, we talked about that. Well, we too. talked about that on the aquatic campaign. We talked about that with the whale aspect in our last episode yeah. with Michael from the RPG Academy. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a great way to throw. I think a, a theme in some of these ideas is throwing people into an environment which they're not used to. Right, <laughs> is a good way to start off a campaign. Yep, uh, and that's and I mean that's where we it boils down to that. The question that we got asked is, what else do we do besides a tavern? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so those are a lot of our ideas. Uh, hopefully you guys like a lot of those and can use them for how to start off your next campaign. To kind of wrap this up, we also wanted to address a question that maybe some people have would ask is, but isn't the tavern where adventurers are hired? Like, isn't that where adventurers normally go to get their adventures, to like be given adventures and I think, first of all, the question that I would ask is like, well, who is hiring them? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Is it the waiter? Is it the innkeeper? Where are they getting this money? There's only a certain amount of like adventures that a innkeeper could hire you to do. Like, go to my basement and kill my rats. Yeah, Depending right. on how well the inn is doing. But And there's only a certain Here's amount of adventures adventure that... You. Sweep my porch. Yeah, <laughs> there's only a certain amount of adventures that His broom is magical. about. <laughs> like, um, so I think the idea, one, is here, uh, no, they wouldn't be going to the tavern to get hired they'd be going to the tavern to try and collect rumors right and so that's where i think the tavern is a good place to use as like if you go to a barkeep hey barkeep uh i'll buy a couple drinks and uh tell me about any rumors that have been spread around the town but really your characters are normally going to even at that rumor stage going to have to be told oh you're going to want to go see this guy about this yeah job, or this guy about this or you job. hear some guys over in the corner talking and you have your players roll a listen check yeah. and be like 
oh, we just overheard that something went down on the the Silver Road. Somebody was attacked, and we you know need to go and investigate yeah. that. Something along those lines. Exactly. That's usually what happens in a in a tavern. I would imagine it's more rumors than simply being hired out to do something. And so we came up with some other options of, well, where do you get hired yeah. for adventures? So Chris Stars, where yeah, think, other than a tavern would they go to get hired? Yeah, I think you could go to, I mean, there's in any city there's always got to be a lord or a mayor, a king, what, a somebody king, whatever you want, yeah, of the, of the town or city that you're in. More than likely they're going to have a lot on their plate. Yeah. Being the king or the mayor, they it's inevitable they're going to have a lot of things that they're going to have to deal with. And so they may be more than willing to hire out some of this work to people who are looking for adventures to do. Like I said, something could happen on the Silver Road, and the king's like, "They weren't my they weren't my merchants. I don't. It, it's something that happened. I'm concerned about it, but I'm not going to go and send my own men. It hasn't been a regular occurrence. But if you guys want to go and find it, figure out what's going on so it doesn't keep happening. It could be things like that that the lord or king or whoever could could call you to go and do as adventurers." Going along with a bounty hunter or uh, just adventures type idea, you could also have your players come across wanted posters mm -hmm. of criminals on the run, and that could be a great point in which they go and try and get some money, go on an adventure to try and track down those people, capture them, bring them back to justice. Yeah, it could be somebody that, you know, it, it could be a murderer that killed somebody in the city that was really mm -hmm. well-liked. And that's why you guys are like, we all knew this person. Like, we are going to go and hunt this mm -hmm. person down. And there's like a whatever the reward is that's substantial enough to be like, all right, we'll probably go and find this bad guy now because yeah. it's worth trying to find him. Uh, you could, if your city has newspapers or, or something like that. We actually, on our forums recently, had somebody, I think it was DMC, oh, yeah, yeah, posted that. about like in between his weeks, he used to give out like newspaper articles to people who, so that they could find like, here's some adventures coming up, here's some mm -hmm. news that's been happening in the city. And that's a really cool way to be able to say, like, there's, like, a, a work section on the back, like the classified ads or something like that, posting for jobs or posting for, you could even have the wanted posters in the in the newspaper. You could have yeah. the, that section in there, too. In, in our world today, where do you go if you want to find a job? Well, you either drive past the place that says help wanted or you go to the wanted ads in, in the newspaper. So why not, if there's newspapers in the city that you're starting in, why not have, give them a newspaper whether you make it or not, whether you make it or you just say, oh, like, there's a guy selling newspapers. Do you buy one? You buy one. Oh, there's an article inside about a local blah, blah, blah who needs this done. Yeah. Like, you know, so I think that's a great, a great way to give adventure ideas so that they can get hired from different places. Another idea, of course, is uh, going to a local adventurer's guild. Yeah. Maybe it's Maybe it's a guild where it's just a place where adventurers come and they can come and get jobs. Like there's postings of jobs and people in the city that need adventurers mm -hmm. who will accomplish jobs for them. Yep. You could also do town criers. I mean, that's a that's a big thing. Like I think of um, an Assassin's Creed. There used to be in some of the cities like town criers. That what they did in that game is you paid them and they they lowered the bounty on your head. But you could also have town criers that um, you could either they have these things that are saying, all right. Hear ye, hear ye, somebody is wanted for this. Or, hey, you know, it could be some crazy town crier who's like, I've heard of this crazy item that's out in the mountains. And you're like, well, the DM's saying this to us. It's probably something that we should follow. Yeah. But, hey, what's this magical item that is out in the mountains? You know, so you could have this either crazy person or somebody who's saying, hey, there's this person that's wanted. So you could, you could use town criers to your advantage as a DM. 
Uh, so those are a bunch of ideas of how other places where your adventures can get hired. Of course, the other option is bring the adventure to the heroes. They're If they're not biting any of your hooks, like we said in a previous episode with uh, Flawful Jared, have that earthquake happen right underneath their feet. Uh, have that monster show up in the town. Bring the adventure to them so they can't ignore it. Have, if you're in the tavern and they're not finding any of their hints, <laughs> have a damsel in distress bust through the doors yep. and say, I need help! And then look directly at them and say, you guys look like you could do it! And there's no way they can get out of it. Like, right. sorry, no, we're not going to help you. And some, then you have some to be, players be like, challenge accepted. Yeah, challenge accepted. Yeah, yeah, right. So you could, yeah, bring the adventure to the heroes. Yeah. So... So that's what we have for you today. We hope that you enjoy those ideas of how to start your campaigns besides starting your adventures off in a tavern. Uh, with that, Chris, let's head over to the light bulb. Light bulb. So for our light bulb today, Chris, you brought some sweet terrain pieces this past week to your, our D&D session when we fought the dragon. Uh, and so we thought this would be uh, a good time for you to talk about how you did this and um, how players can easily make some really cool looking terrain pieces for their campaigns. Yeah, so I, I got really into, this was probably, I think I've had them made for almost a month now, but I just hadn't been able to use them. But I, I started looking a lot. We, we went to the Grand Rapids Comic Con here. Somebody yep. said, like, they were plugging this new game that they made, and they had these cool terrain pieces. I was like, well, where did you where did you buy these from? Like, these are really cool. He's like, well, I didn't buy them. Like, I, I made them. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, how did you make them? He's like, oh, I made them out of cardboard and this, that, and the other thing. And this is how I made them look really cool. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Didn't really think anything of it. And I started watching some videos online again about a month ago, and I was like, these are really, like, simple to make and you can make them pretty quickly i think it took me like overall without letting things dry and stuff it probably took a half hour worth of work but letting things dry it took a little bit longer um but yeah i just i took some cardboard pieces i made some ruins we'll post some pictures online of them made some ruins that people could use for cover or they could have climbed on if they wanted to the battle went a little bit quicker than what i thought it would be but <laughs> you know you, you guys could have climbed up these things i would have been like oh yeah there's an old broken down ladder or something like that you can climb up casey the ranger could have climbed up, gotten some higher ground to shoot from or, or whatever. But I basically just took some cardboard, outlined what I wanted, cut it out, used some hot glue and glued it to like a cardboard base. Uh, I have some like grass texture that I added to it, made my own like kind of rocks out of the, the out of the cardboard and just made these like holes in it to make it look like it was an old broken down temple to one of the gods that used to be worshipped on top of this mountain. And so it was really easy to make. I'll post some pictures. I'll post some, some links, too, of where I saw some videos of how to make these and stuff. But try them out. They don't take a real long time to make. And they, they look they great. Add, they yeah, they add, they add a, a fun little element of, if you play with minis, here's a little extra 3D stuff that you can add to these to make your campaign even mm -hmm. just a little bit better. So that's what we have for the light bulb for you today. Mitch, do you want to say anything about those? They're cool, man. They're cool, <laughs> man. So, all right, we'll move on to the mailbag of holding. They have been asking for their mail on a daily basis. It's all they're talking about up there. That right there is the mail. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? Welcome back to another segment of the Mailbag of Holding, the place where we share ideas, stories, and questions from you, the listener. Uh, this week we have an email from DM Coach Chris, and he, he asks us a question pertaining to 
metagaming and player knowledge, character knowledge, he asks us, what is your thought on what information to share with your players and what not to share? Also, how do you do it? Texts, time away from the table, Facebook, how do you do that so that you, basically if you have character, you have players who are involved, their characters are involved, but other players' characters aren't involved, like how do you make that, um, do you actually do that, do you send them away from the table, or do you just do it all at the table? So, uh, Chris, this is something that we've tried out different ways on, so uh, we are familiar of trying out pretty yeah. much all those ways that he listed. And so give them, give them your thoughts on that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at my iPad right now with the notes that I have. I have I have a section in my iPad where I have everybody's stats written down and like their AC, their health, whatever. Uh, I have like fortitude, reflex, will save, and different different skills on top of that that... I was like, I, I wonder what it'll be like if I roll some of these stats for them. So it's like, say, for example, on like a listen check. You say, all right, roll for a listen check. Okay, you rolled a four. You're obviously not going to hear that real well. Instead of everybody seeing that form being like, all right, how do, we, how do we separate player and character knowledge with that? I roll that for them, and then I send them either through a text message or a little slip of paper that says a description of what they hear. You hear nothing. And so that way it's like, Okay, I, I hear nothing. It's safe to go forward. In reality, there was really a growling noise around the around the corner and so I for me I don't I, I roll some of the the stats for my players. Like I have we play three point five right now. I, I roll the spot, listen, search check, and those are really the only three that I, I roll for them right now and then I and then I send them a little note that says, Hey, this is this is what you heard or saw or or didn't find anything and so you might skip over items, you might miss a turn that you're supposed to go on or you miss a creature that's hiding in the bushes or something like that or I think I've I think I've done uh, trap sense before for uh, a rogue character that for Jacob's character and he's like nope it's safe to go through and then you walk through the door or he walks through the door and falls down to like a five foot pit that opens up below him you know so it's fun things like that that I like to I like to keep secret some some of the some of the skill checks I keep secret uh, the rolls and then I just send it on a piece of paper to them Mitch do you do anything with yeah, that. I do. I do the same thing as far as rolling certain things in secret, such as my my favorite thing to do to roll in secret is sense motive. Um, yeah, I have that. I have that on here sense too. Motives, sense motive, and I'll I'll usually let them roll a bluff check by themselves, like if they're bluffing. But yeah. sense motives, because I don't like players take note of when they roll low, and so yeah. even if they roll low and they are supposed to actually believe a character they will play like that for a second and then figure out some way to turn it around and say, no, I, I don't believe him for whatever reason. So right. I like to roll a sense motives and tell them what each of them believe like individually. Um, but beyond that, I think with, you know, I've, I've had discussions with the players about player knowledge, character knowledge, separating those, uh, metagaming and how really overall story is going to be better if you separate those if you don't meta game uh for the most part there are there are some instances where meta gaming is in my opinion a good thing such as the character is bleeding out they're gonna die and you're just i've seen players go well my character's been facing the other way the entire time so he has no idea i'm like yeah, right. come on man you're being you're being a jerk yeah. right now turn yeah. around and heal your character, heal your friend who's sitting at the table, like upset his character's gonna die. Don't be a friggin' jerk. Yeah. Like so there are some occasional moments where metagaming is a good thing. But overall, 
I would say keeping information secret. Overall, I would say as long as your players understand and like are good at the whole character knowledge, player knowledge separation, I don't think you need to make players leave the table or uh, we whatever have done it that is. before though. No, no, no yeah, and I'll, table, I'll get yeah. to that. But overall, overall, I don't think that is something you need to do uh, with your players unless it's something that really, really pertains to the story and is really crucial information that only one character should know or uh, it's it's a secret or something or uh, the other one of the characters really doesn't want somebody to know what their character's doing. Yeah. If your characters are going around the town just going to blacksmiths and going shopping and stuff like that, there's absolutely no reason to make your characters leave the table. No, yeah. It really has to be something important to make your characters leave the table or whatever. Uh, there will be short instances like in the middle of a battle, like there's the roll for spot checks to see if you see the enemy is hiding. Well, I make, if, if one character makes the spot check and the others don't, I'll just say, cover your ears. Yeah. And they'll... The other players will cover their ears, start humming, and I'll just whisper and say, hey, this is what you see, this is what you see, and then maybe the surprise round happens or whatever. And so um, sometimes it's a simple matter of the character has to just say, shout out loud, they're over there or something like that, and then another spot check is rolled. But uh, yeah, covering your ears, especially if there's no reason to make your players leave the table for two seconds worth of um, stuff either. Just have them cover your ears. But yeah, there are definitely yeah. points where you do, I think, make your characters leave the table because... One, you're, it's an individual thing with one character, and it's important that the other players don't know. And so there are moments where you want to protect the metagaming aspect and make sure it doesn't actually happen. Yeah. Well, and some, something that I did with you this past time, too, when you talked with Dale the Dragon, is I actually talked to you before we actually started playing. So it was like, okay, like because once again, it's hard for people sometimes to separate player knowledge, character knowledge you make somebody leave the table and keep somebody there it's like okay something's going on with them yeah we're gonna try and figure it out now where in reality it's like okay they probably would have had no idea that yeah. this is going on so i just talked with you beforehand yeah, exactly. real quick before we started you playing, can see you know? players play differently knowing that there's yeah. secrets going on like they yeah it's it can be frustrating as a dm just like guys just play your characters so i i totally understand this yep. i'm not a fan of texting i've tried it I'm not a fan of Facebook messages. I tried it. Um, I have done the notes, and I continue to do notes. If it's something yeah. simple, just to write somebody a note, pass them to one on the table, and just be like, here's a note. You notice this. But, yeah. Um, yeah, covering the ears, leaving the table for really important parts, or notes. That's what I like to use. Part of the reason that I don't like to use textbooks and tech, textbooks, <laughs> uh, texting and Facebook messages because I tell my players don't use those yeah. things unless it's imperative, like it's an emergency or it's a really for the game that you're doing it. And so the the less I can keep them off their electronics, the better in my opinion. So, uh, but yeah, those are some ways that we think that we personally use for keeping that player and character knowledge down um, to a minimum, at least them branching over. So. That's, those are our thoughts on that, and uh, hopefully that helps you guys out. Yeah, you can go on the forums, too, and, and talk more about this, too, if you guys have any ideas for this type of stuff. So head on over there. We'll give you the plug for it in just a little bit, but we're going to move to the ending of our show. So that is all we have for you on this episode of the Dungeon Master's Block. Uh, Chris, why don't you tell them where they can contact us? You guys can contact us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. Send us your emails. That's if you want to send something a little bit longer than what you can send in the 140 characters on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you there. You can find us on our new forums at dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net. Make an account. Start, con- start chit-chatting with us on there. We have 
over 200 different posts and like 50 different threads already that people have started. And you can also, if you feel so inclined, we would really appreciate it to help our podcast grow and help this community grow to give us a five-star review on iTunes. Give us a shout out or give us a review on there and we'll just give you a shout out at the beginning of the episode. And also find us on Stitcher. Mitch, where else can they find us? Follow us on Twitter at, at DMs Block. That's at DMS underscore block. And like our Facebook page. Both of those places you can get updates on what we're recording, when we're recording, and just all around great DM stuff. But with that, that's all we have for today. Hope you enjoyed our You're Not in a Tavern episode of the DM's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of every single other person at the table. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Keep on Dungeon Mastering. Goodbye.